Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove, and today I'd like to talk about the secret of happiness. You probably have grown up, as most people do, thinking that, well, if you feel good, then that means you're happy. Or if good things are happening to you, that means you're happy. Probably many of you think, or at least some of you, think that only if you had A, B, C, and D, then your life would be happy. Until you get those things, it's much harder to be happy. Uh, and you may look at me and say, how can he tell me to be happy? Look at him. He's got a good life. He's got a YouTube channel. He's got, been married for 40 years. Well, some people have been married for 40 years and they say that's why they're unhappy. Some people have a YouTube channel and they'll tell you that's why they're unhappy. There's a funny thing about happiness and I'll explain it to you this way. The secret of happiness, it can be summed up in one word, and that word is commitment. I'm happy because a long time ago, I made a commitment to myself to be happy, to be happy no matter what. Even if I'm unhappy, my commitment is to be happy. Even if I'm in pain, even if I'm sick, even if my best friend has just died, I'm happy inwardly. It doesn't mean I'm going to be flaunting it necessarily, but it's something I know deep inside of myself. And I'll give you an example, a very graphic example of how one's circumstances in life are not the necessary preconditions for happiness. Some years ago, a survey was taken of uh, all of the countries in Asia, the people in the Asian countries were asked, are you happy? According to their own self-reports. Now, the wealthiest country in Asia with the highest standard of living is Japan. They're doing quite well, big industrial country. We buy so many products from the Japanese. Are they the happiest people in Asia? Actually, they're pretty close to the bottom. I think they were on the bottom in this survey. And yet, one of the poorest countries in all of Asia is the Philippines. The Filipinos, however, were the happiest people in Asia. And I can say, knowing a number of Filipinos, they're always smiling. They're, they love to sing and love to dance, love to have a good time. And the, even though uh, the standard of living in the Philippines is well below that of Japan, they're happier. Now, that's food for thought. The idea of making a commitment like that to yourself was first addressed in the In Present series in segment two on self-love when I talked about unconditional self-love. Well, it's practically the same as unconditional happiness. It means that no matter what anybody else says, does, thinks, or feels with regard to you, you're going to love yourself. It's a commitment that you make. And no matter what you think or feel or say or do, you're going to love yourself. And the reason for that is knowing yourself inwardly to be a spiritual being, a pure spirit inhabiting a physical body, one might say, and honoring the spirit within you, no matter what. Well, the same is relatively true of happiness. You can be happy 
no matter what. And once you make that commitment, you will find various strategies. There are a thousand books on happiness and a thousand strategies, how to deal with this situation, how to deal with that trauma, how to work through your dreams, how to meditate and relax, how to make amends for uh, people you've wronged in your life. There are a lot of things, but I'm going to share one with you right now. There may be another too if I get worked up to it. The James Lang theory of emotions. William James had this thought. He said, people don't bang their fist on the table because they're angry. No, it's the opposite, he said. People bang their fist on the table and then they get angry. So, it works this way with happiness. People don't smile necessarily because they're happy, but if you smile, you will find yourself becoming happier. Just do that. Learn how to smile. We teach uh, people in uh, our consulting company, uh, customer service representatives who have to deal with complaining customers all day long and demanding customers all day long. Keep a smile on your face and it's amazing what the physical act can do for your inner emotions. So, that's one secret to happiness. Now, of course, it goes much deeper than that. And as I say, a thousand books have been written. Right now, if you look at the upper right-hand portion of your screen, you'll see that I'm linking to an interview with Debbie Jaffe Ellis, the wife of Albert Ellis, the founder of Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy. Dr. Ellis developed this theory and this modality of psychotherapy based on Stoic philosophy. Now, you think of Stoics as having a stiff upper lip, so to speak, but uh, there's more to it than that. Uh, Epictetus, one of the great Stoic philosophers, was a slave. He had to endure all sorts of humiliations that would be common to somebody in his stature in life. But he realized that although the slave owner has control over the slave, can beat him if he wishes, can make him work ungodly hours. But the slave still has control over their inner state, over their sense of integrity, over their inner knowledge of who they are and their choices in life as to how they will respond to the circumstances around them. So, if you want detailed techniques for addressing the ups and downs which are normal to life. Even if you make a commitment to always be happy, it doesn't mean your life is going to be without ups and downs. All I'm saying is once you make that commitment, you will find the strategies when you need them, whether it's counting your blessings or seeing the cup half full instead of half empty, or delving into Stoic philosophy those solutions will be there for you. Now, I've made a point of letting you know in earlier segments of my Jewish heritage. Up until 1948, when the State of Israel was established, and after 70 AD, when the Romans destroyed the Second Temple in Jerusalem, the Jewish people were without a homeland for thousands, well, for nearly 2,000 years. And they had to endure 
all sorts of trials and tribulations wherever they lived. They were periodically expelled and sometimes exterminated, sometimes by the hundreds, sometimes by the thousands, sometimes by the millions. And the Jewish people developed a mystical tradition known as Hasidism. Chassid means uh, to be righteous, to be uh, devoted. And the Hasidic movement, though, developed the idea that no matter what is happening to you in your life, you can always sing, you can always dance, you can always find some measure of cheer. And it is through that philosophy, I think, very largely that the Jewish people managed to survive under such extreme conditions for so very long. So, I would recommend to you in your life, if you haven't uh, listened to segment number two in a while, go back to it because self-love and happiness are two commitments that will last you the rest of your life and will serve you very, very well. And it's very important to refresh those commitments on a daily basis, if need be, so that it becomes just second nature. You know deep, deep within yourself that no matter what, you love yourself and you're committed to being happy. I'm in my 70s. I don't have the body that I had when I was in my 20s. I, when I was in my 20s, I didn't have to deal with AFib or sleep apnea or arthritis or aches and pains and uh, all sorts of issues that occur in old age. But you know what? I'm happier now than when I was in my 20s and much healthier. That's what I'm talking about in terms of commitment. So, let me ask you this. Are you ready to commit to being happy in your life no matter what? Even if you're unhappy, even if you're grieving, even if you have good reasons to be sad or even traumatized, are you willing to commit to find that place deep within yourself where happiness resides? Because if you do, if you make that commitment, you will find that the strategies you need to deal with the ups and downs that will inevitably face you in life will be there for you when you need them. And I'll leave you with that thought. Thank you for being with me.